Welcome to the Art of Appointment Setting podcast, where we ask today's most successful experts and entrepreneurs to share the most powerful lead generation and appointment setting tactics they use to build their business and grow their revenues. Now your host from the city that never sleeps, New York, is Kwesi Sachi Jinnah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining the conversation today. This is Kwesi Sachi Jinnah, and my guest today is Tamika Vasquez. Tamika is a New York-based marketing and business development strategist, and currently she's focused on developing marketing plans for artificial intelligence and data science startups. Uh, she's also currently an adjunct professor of marketing at Baruch College, and uh, for the past seven years, she's been involved in a lot of different marketing roles uh, with global technology companies in different, different industries, including uh, publishing, media, financial services, advertising, business intelligence, and so many others. Um, she holds a BA in corporate communications from Baruch College um, and a master's in information strategy and knowledge management from Columbia University. Right. Before we start our conversation, I want to take a moment to acknowledge one of our partners for today's episode, AGM. AGM is a B2B agency that helps you scale your business using LinkedIn. They have LinkedIn training, LinkedIn lead generation, LinkedIn recruiting, LinkedIn advertising services, and so much more. The company has been featured on the BBC, Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, and so many others. Right now, AGM is offering all of our listeners a free LinkedIn audit. Just go to abrahamglobal.com. That is abrahamglobal.com to reserve your session right now. So Tamika, thanks so much for joining. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I know we, you and I connected through a common friend of ours, Jill Burr, yeah. and uh, he's actually been on the podcast as well. And it was like a mastermind session we had. Um, yeah. And, yeah and, and one of the things that actually stood out for me was, uh, you know, you have a really unique way of bringing clarity into complex marketing situations because we were just sharing you know, some of the marketing challenges we're facing and you would just distill them into super actionable stuff and we'd be like, why didn't we see this? So I want us to delve into some of the tactics you have and, and you know, some of the techniques you have. Um, but before that, um, one would argue that a lot is happening so fast in, 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 in the online space, offline as well when it comes to marketing. Um, channels are, are changing very quickly. Algorithms are evolving every day. So some would say it's really not possible to have a marketing strategy as you know we learn in business schools. But I want you to speak to this and you know lay the foundation for this conversation. How important is it to have a marketing strategy today? Yeah, no, it's such a good question. And um, it's such a huge part of my work um, right now. And I always talk to companies regardless of their size. And I tell them, you know, because there's so much happening and because there are so many channels and, you know, things are moving so fast, that's actually the reason you need a marketing strategy. Um, so even though your question is, you know, because all these things are happening, we don't need a strategy or maybe a strategy is too hard to put together. I always argue that because there's so much happening, that's exactly why you need a strategy. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies think of a strategy as just like an internal document. And what I oftentimes tell people is, you know, modern consumers, the people you need to sell to, they're not stupid, right? They're not, you can't mm -hmm. fool them. And I think people can tell the difference between a company that's doing a bunch of stuff and they're just doing whatever's trendy and the difference between that and a company that, you know, has a clear mission, they have a message, 
Um, and they have a methodology of how they actually engage with the public. Um, you know, so for me, it's like, it's not, it's it, more important than like what you're doing is like how you're doing it and why you're doing it. So I oftentimes, my conversations with companies usually start by saying, what are you actually seeking to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can't just be like, we just want to sell this stuff. It has to go deeper than that. It has to go deep enough to understand the audience that you're trying to sell to, what their needs are. And then you need to be able to clearly articulate, you know, how your company actually addresses those needs through your products and services, what your unique value proposition is. You got to have like all those talking points laid out, uh, you know, and also like figure out your communication style as a company as well. And only at that point can you get granular about, okay, what marketing tactics do we want to explore? And they have to make sense and align to a strategy at the end of the day. Uh, So, you know, that that's kind of my opinion on that. Right. And and I really love the way you kind of put it into like three different M's. So you got to have the mission, right? uh, The message and the methodology. Uh, I feel that, you know, I've had a lot of different conversations with business owners. I actually spoke to one this week and he's like, look, I've been trying a lot of different channels and, and different methods so far. And it really doesn't work. And probably because he doesn't stick to it for the long term. I want us to hone in a little bit on the methodology. Um, you have seen a lot of execution in, in different contexts and in different industries. So if you have to pick, let's say, the top two most important things that, you know, business owners, business leaders should give, you know, the, the kind of the biggest the priority, what would they be and why would you choose them as far as methodology goes? Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Um, that's another thing that a lot of companies are struggling with. So for the sake of this conversation, what I'll do is I'll split that answer into two different parts. Um, mm-hmm. So I have one view of how to approach that from an internal perspective, and then one view of how to approach that from an external perspective. So the internal perspective that I have is something that, you know, people roll their eyes when I say this, but I truly believe the most important thing you can do to you know, make sure your strategy is is flexible and it, it's agile is to build cross-functional collaboration, right? For me, you know, it, yeah, I'll, I'll explain because, you know, <laughs> for me, I've worked inside of companies and I've also worked externally as a consultant and it's always the same thing. I think, you know, there's a lot of confusion and finger pointing that oftentimes happens when you are executing a large scale strategy of any kind. And so I think, What I mean by cross-functional collaboration is you have to bridge the gaps between sales, marketing, product, you know, IT, finance, pretty much all the stakeholders that are at your company are important for the execution of, in this case, a marketing strategy. Um, So whenever, for example, I hear marketing people say, oh, you know, I don't do sales. I don't do product. I'm in marketing. Like, I I don't do that stuff. And it makes me crazy because I'm like, you know, if you do marketing by nature, you are in sales, you are in product. You have to be concerned with the things your IT person is concerned about, the technologies that you're using, for example, um, or the money that you're spending on marketing activities, the same thing your finance person is concerned about. So everything you do, you know, has to have those groups in mind. And I think marketing is, is a tough job. You know, you're put in a tough spot. You have to balance a broad vision and you have to balance the day-to-day stuff that moves the needle. But I think the more you foster that cross-functional collaboration, you save so much time down the road, especially when you got to start shaking things up and you got to be flexible and agile. You just, you save a lot of time by 
just doing the grunt work of building those relationships and, you know, building that habit of communicating with those other parties. Um, so that's my internal view. Um, my external view, I'll say, especially these days, I think my main focus is on measurement. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, when I say measurement, I don't mean just like the raw numbers, right? I mean like both the qualitative and the quantitative measurement. So, um, it's like, you have to ask yourself, like, what do I need to measure so that I can demonstrate progress? Um, and again, because I've worked both internally at companies as an employee and externally as a consultant, I realize how much marketing sometimes is a very undervalued function. And, you know, especially in B2B companies, I think, um, people, people feel like, you know, you'll just do a bunch of magical marketing things. And then all of a sudden, like you'll sell this six figure software. And it's like, that, that's just not the case. That's not how this works. And so I think in order for a marketer to show progress and to show the value of their job and for that marketing strategy to be, you know, flexible enough, you have to have a plan for measurement. Like you have to be able to celebrate even the smallest wins in a marketing role. Um, you know, so, you know, when I say both qualitative and quantitative, I mean, obviously being able to measure, you know, the downloads, the clicks, the likes, the shares, the, you know, the, the calls for more information, all that stuff has to be measured, but also things like, you know, are we easier to find as a company? Are we finding the right people to sell to? Are we gaining better business insight? You know, are we, are we improving our reputation, for example, in the marketplace? Um, are we understanding the effectiveness of our products? Those are very qualitative um, measurement points that quarter by quarter, you can ask yourself and take a better look at. So, you know, like I said, internally, for me, it's all about the cross-functional collaboration, all about the relationships and the communication. And then externally, for me, it's all about measuring the impact of everything that you're doing, both from a quantitative and qualitative perspective. I hope that makes sense because that's... Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, really, I really love the way you kind of put it. So because I think that from a marketing point of view, it's a lot easier these days to track things exactly. which are quantif- quantifiable. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to the qualitative part, it's a lot more difficult. And um, so that actually leads me to another question that I, I have for you. So could you share with us some, you know, it could be a story or an example of how a business you were able to help a business or a business executed on, on any of these metrics or kind of the three uh, the three components of, of a strategy and were also able to track the results in a certain way? Yeah, I think um, a lot of a lot of the work that I do, um, you know, is working with startups and working with small businesses and it's really starting with that work of, like I said, you know, being able to identify the audience that you're trying to sell into. And so the measurement oftentimes does start from ground zero for me um, by nature of working with startups and small businesses. Um, and, you know, there, there are a few examples I could give, but I think for the sake of this conversation, I might want to just stay neutral and maybe we could talk about something uh, like in current events, for example, you know, um, uh, so think about, for example, with Starbucks, right? Um, I'm not much of a Starbucks customer. Uh, personally, I believe in, you know, small local businesses and for, especially for things like everyday, you know, coffee and things like that. But I think Starbucks is such an excellent example of a company that clearly has a strategy and can clearly measure the results of the things that they do. So much so that, you know, when things happen, like recently they had a very unfortunate incident, 
Um, you know, but when things happen, it's, it's obvious they have a, a strategy in place. They have a way of, I guess, um, putting out their messages and being authentic and being, you know, well-intentioned about their brand and about the products and the services that they have out in the world. And it's obvious that when it comes time for, you know, um, these cases that happen, they're still able to kind of not only measure the impact of what happened, but also measure the impact of how their reaction to it has pretty much saved their company um, and, and continues to allow them to do what they do. So I think, you know, you can look at companies like Warby Parker or American Express or um, Zendex or uh, Whole Foods. And, you know, these are all companies that you, you see the ways that they're able to create impact. You see the ways that they're able to measure their impact beyond just how much they're selling. Um, and I think there's a lot to be learned from, from companies like that in general. Mm, fascinating. I, I want us to unpack on the um, the cross-functional collaboration uh, just for a second because there's a lot of talk, and just like you mentioned, around marketing and sales alignment. So whether it's in big corporations or in, in small businesses, and I feel it's a really important uh, conversation to have because sometimes marketing feels um, they're actually not doing bottom line or revenue-related tasks, and sales gets all the credit. Um, so one of the, one of the things I'm curious to know from you is how can businesses, you know, a small business has, let's say, two or three people in a marketing team, the sales team, or let's say two or three, how can they work together so that they can actually, both of them can work together in a way that it drives some value to the top of the funnel, which for most businesses, it, for most businesses, it would be uh, getting that first conversation with someone who is interested in in uh, using their products or service? Yeah, that's a that's a really important question. Um, you know, a huge part of the work that I do is around sales enablement. Um, and I'm a big believer in what you're talking about now, which is bridging that gap between marketing and sales. And, you know, I think a lot of the work that I've done and a lot of the work that a lot of marketing people do is developing that marketing funnel. And, you know, salespeople have their own funnel. It's a different funnel. And I think the more you can connect the bottom of the marketing funnel to the top of the sales funnel, ultimately, right? So you have a marketing qualified lead, for example, it then becomes a sales opportunity, but it may not be a sales qualified lead just yet. Um, so I think a lot of that work um, really just involves kind of figuring out what the handoff point would be and figuring out the areas that you agree upon very early. So, you know, I think one of the things to agree upon very early is like what a qualified lead is in the first place, right? And then having an understanding of the communication that follows. So going back to what I said earlier about buyers and, and consumers, their information sponges. People are much more exposed to information. They're much more intelligent these days. And I think you need to be able to, between sales and marketing, understand not only what makes a buyer ready to buy, but also figuring out what kind of collateral is needed to keep the marketing engine running, but also to facilitate the various stages of sales conversations that happen. Um, and, you know, a lot of stuff is it, it's things like um, having things on hand, like, you know, blogs or white papers, insights or um, videos or case studies, like pretty much like quality content, I think is a really good way to bridge marketing and sales, because it's not only helping marketing, you know, fill the funnel and and get the word out and, and start to generate interest and leads, but it helps sales conversations move along a lot smoother. Um, you know, it, it keeps the traffic coming to the site, but then it keeps the conversations 
flowing even after that point. Um, and it, it really just increases the likelihood of uh, you getting a lead in the first place and converting that lead into a qualified um, lead and then into a potential buyer. Um, so, you know, for me, content is really a huge part of it, but it's it's the external and the internal content. It's the content that would generate interest, the thought leadership and all that stuff, but also the content that supports sales and what they do. So the materials that they need, the, the PowerPoint decks, the one sheets, you know, the product related information um, or the service related information. I think that's that's just, you know, a simple way. It takes a lot of time to develop those things, but it's such a simple way to bridge the gaps um, between sales and marketing and create more of a seamless handoff once those leads do start to flow in. Mm, I love it. So uh, three things I'm personally getting from this conversation um, would be, so in, in order to help marketing connect better with sales, you need to identify points of handoff. Um, also, it's important to agree on what a qualified lead looks like. So marketing qualified lead and a sales qualified lead. And once you have that, you can build a set of collateral. It could be uh, content. It could be any form of content, actually, uh, to align with uh, the, the sort of qualified lead that you're looking at. And that's one way you can actually build that connection. Did I understand it correctly? Oh, that, yeah, 100% correctly. And I think, you know, to that point, it's it's important as well to just kind of understand some of the talking points. I think I mentioned that earlier, but, you know, again, the beautiful thing about having a strategy in place is it's such an easy thing to point to um, when it comes time to having conversations around who are we as a company? You know, what's our brand message? What are our unique opinions? And the more sales and marketing can get together and agree upon those things and come up with like the value proposition statements and like, you know, really start to rehearse. How do we pitch ourselves? How do we get the conversation moving from point A to point B and just being seamless in that kind of interaction? You know, it's, it's, it's really, it speaks to the power of not only having a strategy, but just having those things um, agreed upon and communicated and, you know, uh, socialized within your organization, despite how small your company is. I love it. I love it. So I know you do a lot of speaking, you do a lot of writing as well. Where can people learn more about your work and connect with you? Oh, yeah. Um, it, well, LinkedIn is is the place that I spend the most of my time on just connecting with people. I'm always, you know, happy to answer any questions and connect that way. Um, I also put a bit of content out on Medium. Uh, it's become mm -hmm. my preferred space to share some thought leadership and, you know, put my thoughts and insights out uh, for people to comment and, and, you know, be able to follow up with me directly on. Um, so I would say between LinkedIn, Medium, and perhaps even Twitter, I, I do share quite a bit of, um, you know, articles and things that I come up across on Twitter as well. So What's your handle on Twitter? Uh, so it's it's all my name. So it's Tamika underscore Vasquez. That's how you'll find me on pretty much every channel. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tamika. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Thank you for listening to the Art of Appointment Setting podcast with Kwesi Sachi Jinai. Find out more about how to get high-value appointments at Catalyze.io. And while you're there, check out the free resources for appointment setting. And be listening for the next episode of the Art of Appointment Setting podcast.